0: Welcome to the Here can Tell podcast, where we discuss the transitions from sport to career. I am your host, Christina Alexander, and I'm joined today by Jasmine Rhodes. Now, I want to make sure I get this accurate, just a little bit about her, a former student athlete who played basketball at LSU. and She also uh, got her master's uh, in organizational leadership from Bethune-Cookman. She was a a female student athlete she was a strength and conditioning coach and she's a current change creator in the fitness industry so please welcome Jasmine Rhodes what's going on
1: Jasmine hey i appreciate it thank you so much you're welcome i'm i'm happy
0: to have you because i want our listeners to really kind of just just hear what you have to offer now typically i start from the beginning and we kind of peel back the layers and and do it that way i want to i want to switch it up Let's okay. start from the now so okay. the, and then work our way back to the beginning.
1: So what are you working on these days that you feel is impacting the world? So I've actually just transitioned into a um, remote coaching online position with this newer startup up company called Future. Super awesome. Everything's remote and online. I have multiple clients already. Um, and I'm just kind of feeding them my energy and my programs and trying to help them live a better lifestyle. Um Obviously, from a distance. So, it's kind of cool to see the impact I can have without having to have like hands on uh, physical touch to it. So, um, do, do, doing that right now, which I think is making a huge impact, is also giving an opportunity to have um, more time to dive into deeper aspects. As I would love to start my own business one day. I want to be my own boss and have my own gym and train athletes and general population people, you know, underneath my own terms and conditions. So, that's kind of um, an end goal for me right now and i feel like as though this opportunity will allow me to dive into that um as well and then a reason that it brought me to auburn alabama which is where i am right now was i was a strength and conditioning coach um at Auburn university um mm-hmm. women's basketball and women's tennis um great opportunity uh, great people great environment um just the fit for me right right now my my time i felt as though it, it was needed for um a change so gotcha Gotcha. So, so let's,
0: let's, let's talk a little bit about both of those things. First and foremost, I totally, I understand, I agree with you. Time is something that I think if, if we have not gotten that lesson as human beings, but as driven individuals, professionals who really want to maximize any and everything that we do as athletes, former athletes. Yeah. So I can totally understand you wanting to kind of step into that space, that realm where, you're able to continue to impact, but not necessarily go to a brick and mortar because you can affect more people with just, you know, we all get 24 hours in a day. Amen. So yeah. why, why future? Was it just something about their mission? Was it something about what, you know, your previous experience being a strength and conditioning coach, being a student athlete that you saw yourself in their vision?
1: Um, mm, Honestly, a little bit of both. Um, mm-hmm my experiences within strength and conditioning have been, uh, rough to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Okay. i from a student athlete. It's kind of changed my, my viewpoint and my perspective on collegiate coaching in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I feel as though I'm in a box and okay. sometimes you can't box energy, man. Sometimes the energy Ooh. just has to keep coming out. So Mic drop.
0: You can't box like, the energy.
1: Yeah, future future is allowing me to be myself um, without any restrictions to be to an extent. Um, I know I, I would love to have that impact and that hands-on with clients, um, but again, the opportunity is allowing me to, in a sense, do both. Like I can still reach out to clients that are in urban area who may want even athletes who may want some personal training. Um, just kind of building rapport with a bunch of people, which I wouldn't have have had that time. Uh, in the setting that I was already in, and I'm not saying I wouldn't go back to collegiate, you know, for the right people and the right place, um I would definitely dive back into it. But right now, it was a it was a personal decision, mm-hmm. um, and you know, I, sometimes you have to think about yourself, and and I know that may sound selfish, but it was really my mental, my, my peace, and everything like that meant a little more than you know the clout that may have came with being a strength and conditioning coach. So. I'm still grinding. I'm still hustling. And I of and I course. hope to keep, you know, making an impact on athletes for sure. And, and now general population, I'm kind of open to all hands. I really just, um, I really want to be impactful to a lot of people and I want to give everything I can um, without, you know, feeling bad about it.
0: Yeah. So. so talk about that. So talk about that, that transition from student athlete to strength and conditioning coach. Now, If I have to go back on my experience, and I'm, you know, some people might consider me a dinosaur these days, but strength and conditioning was always white male, was never, I don't think I've ever known a black female. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on this platform, because you have an experience that is unique, that Mm -hmm. is special. And I think there may be someone listening right now that's like, all right, like, what was that transition?
1: Yeah, uh, so you're right. It's definitely... White male, white female, black male, black female. Um, that's definitely the the route and it's still looking like that, unfortunately, but we are growing. I will say we have like a, a group chat of strength and conditioning women, and it is it is growing um, you know, daily, continuously. So that's something that to be proud of and look forward to. But the transition from student athlete to coach, it was different because at the same time I was a peer, low-key. I was mm-hmm. I was young. I literally interned while still in college. Um, right out of college, I still, we're still close to age with a lot of athletes and, you know, trying mm-hmm. to separate the two was something that I feel as though maybe a lot of young strength coaches maybe, um, struggle with. So it was just kind of making the, making, still wanting to make an impact, but still wanting to also, you know, understand them and learn about them and learn their why, you know, makes them, what makes them tick and what makes them keep going. So that was kind of like, um, my transition into strength conditioning was kind of finding my voice, finding my coaching voice, mm. you know, what gonna make me feel confident in what I'm doing, but also what's gonna allow me to keep being myself because that's what got me here. At least that's what I felt like. You know, I felt like my my personality and my experiences definitely what got me here. But you know, my knowledge and you know how I handle situations and how I handle people is what gonna keep me here. So I wanted to keep growing on both ends of the spectrum. Um so who was your biggest,
0: you know, if you had to look back, who's your biggest influence in getting into that space? strength and conditioning as a black female was just
1: someone um well coming into college I always wanted to be a strength conditioning coach it was always like my my backup plan after basketball mm-hmm. once the ball okay. stopped, I literally was was embedded in getting my master's and being a strength conditioning coach for a women's basketball team and sure enough it happened so power of the tongue is serious people power of the tongue is serious um and, and of course were but Coming Agreed. into coming into college, I I had a really big influence from my strength and conditioning coach. You know, she she's a, a white female, but her name is Melissa Morseel. She kind of took me under her wing as an athlete. Um, and then once she figured that I was really serious about strength and conditioning, um, she helped me get in contact with Corliss Fingers, who was uh, Bethune Cookman's strength and conditioning coach, and that's who I did my graduate assistant underneath. And let me tell you, she's been in the field for I think twenty seven years. Um, black female hustling, grinding. The only female that I know that's over football right now, director of football as well. Mm-hmm. So she's five, six female handling a full room of grown men. And I've never seen anything like it before to be underneath her and to experience uh, how she handles it and how she carries herself and how she conducts herself, you know, whether black man, white man, white female, you know, no one thinks less or belittles or you know talks anything crazy about her because she handles her own so it was awesome to get that experience and learn from her and ask as many questions she was hardcore like literally she expected nothing (laughs) less of greatness from me she'll cuss me out she'll she'll get on to me but then she'll invite me over for dinner and I just Mm -hmm. felt like home you know it was like it was like a mom it literally was like a mom to me um so I was really really grateful for that experience and of course moving from a PWI to a HBCU which is what Bethune Cookman was that culture was two totally different uh, mm-hmm. games. Like, we're embedded um, in HBCUs, and you can tell the from the family aspect of like administration all the way to the sports side. So it was awesome to see the tight-knit people and family um, aspect coming on there.
0: Would you say that the leadership, the experience uh, that you shared at Bethune-Cookman, do you think that that has impacted you now that you're in a space? Because oftentimes in the fitness industry, we tend to only see one color. We tend Mm -hmm. to only see uh, black bodies marginalized where it's always a skinny waist, glutes, and that's it. So now that you're in a position of leadership, because you're leading folks on a daily basis, weekly, monthly, whether it's mentally, physically, do you feel like that lesson learned at Bethune-Cookman is helping you? Do you think, you know?
1: Um, I, I do. I I will say definitely all the experience that I got from Bethune Cookman is helping me grow. And I'm, I feel as though I'm using it daily. Um, coming from a PWI again, I I have to compare the two because it's it's really no comparison, but it's a comparison because (laughs) you can get the same amount of work in at HBCU that you can at a PWI, but the resources are limited. So for Mm -hmm. an HBCU to still grind for the athletes to still want to get better, still want to prove themselves on a daily basis and not have as much as, Someone that may be in a higher Division One type of caliber school, um, it was awesome to see people get it out the mud. That's literally what I. That's literally what I got. So I, I, um, I think the experience allows me not to give people slack. You know, I, mm. I used to, I used to say, okay, if you don't want to do this right now. That's okay. But then I have to think about it and go back to my experience at bethune Clickman and other places. Like people don't have second chances. People don't have opportunities to do it again. So why not? You're already here. You made the commitment. Like, why not give it your all while you're already here? Like, don't waste time. Time is precious. You keep saying that, and I'm gonna keep saying it too because time is definitely valuable.
0: <laughs> Agree. What What are some of the misconceptions that I think you you kind of hit on it just a little bit in terms of, you know, some of the misconceptions about, um, working at uh, at a HBCU, working at uh, an institution that, like you said, doesn't get second chances often for its student athletes.
1: Yeah. Um. I think the misconception is is that they're they're less than almost. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. You 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 on this level because you can't compete on that level, or you on this level because your resources aren't as great as greater greater here than it is there, so you can't keep growing. So I think the misconception is that you can definitely keep growing no matter what your circumstances are. Like, I honestly feel like growth is inevitable. No matter where you are, it can be good, it can be mm-hmm. bad, but you want to grow, you know? And I think that that conversations had with a, a ton of athletes on that level, on multiple levels, um, can just kind of bring a different type of mindset and mentality uh, to our athletes and honestly to people in general.
0: I agree. Love it. I love it. So if you could hypothetically, if you could alter your process based off what you know now, would you do anything differently
1: from where you started to where you are now? Honestly, no, 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 I wouldn't, <laughs> and I wouldn't. It's crazy because I had an opportunity to get a graduate assistantship. Um, I, I believe the school was Middle Tennessee um, it was underneath a, a white male and it would have been just basketball only. I had that opportunity to be to be a graduate assistant there or I had the opportunity to go underneath cordless fingers and be at an HBCU and have multiple teams, not just basketball. So even though my end goal was to always ultimately be with women's basketball and be a basketball strength and conditioning coach, um, I chose Bethune. I felt mm-hmm. as though the versatility, I felt as though broadening my horizon, you know, not being boxed into one type of sport or one type of athlete give me the opportunity to ultimately grow um and, and train other people and train other athletes you know and still take from take from how people train other teams like tennis and golf and even football and track and field and put some of those implementations into basketball training so mm-hmm. i i think my decision to do that definitely carried me over a long long way out I, I don't even know i don't even think about it but i don't have no idea what the <laughs> case would have been like if i had gone to uh, the, the Tennessee school instead of uh, Bethune Cookman. Now, was yeah. the
0: head coach at Bethune Cookman Vanessa Blair? Yeah. At the time. Of yep. course, the illustrious. Yeah. Shout out yep. to Vanessa Blair. Yeah, Shout yeah, out yeah. to her staff. Uh, They're doing an awesome job at George Aaron Mason. Mason yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, what were some of the transferable skills as a student athlete? Think about your career now that carried over to. Where you are now in your career and utilizing those skills,
1: like like what specifically were some of those skills? Um, So, as a student athlete, I one of my assistant coaches had to say a quote every day before um, practice, and my quote I will never forget this. I literally learned this my freshman year. My my quote was "Train your mind to control your body," and I literally have stuck with that the entire time. The mental side of life and of everything in general is literally our greatest battle our greatest Mm. the thing we have to kind of go against constantly is our mental is that and i'm a huge big advocate for for you know mental health and um Mm -hmm. and everything like that kind of put playing into one because being a student athlete was draining (laughs) it was a (laughs) lot it was a lot you know granted it was fun you know we got to play the game we love we got to grind it out you know meet have sisters and family and and everything like that but in in a sense like everything was structured. It was, mm-hmm. it was literally mm-hmm. like a time frame. You wake up, you go to class, you wake up again, you go to practice, you may wake you up or may not wake up and you go to study hall. Like it's right. just, it's structured. yes, yes. Very, very, very structured. And I think honestly, in a sense, that kind of hindered me being a student athlete and everything kind of already been panned out for me. Um, and like literally what was next was already written out for me as a student athlete. So mm-hmm. when I had to actually step outside of that, um, and, and think for myself and, and, you know, do for myself. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't nervous or scared in a sense. Um, but I think in a, in a standpoint I had to, I had to learn it. I had to kind of build on top of it. Like in grad school, and it's probably digging a little too deep, but grad school, I had to schedule my own classes. And yeah. I had
0: to, oh yeah. You'd be a big girl. Let's go. No, to this adult I, like, I got
1: to schedule my own class. <laughs> How I <do> that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then I like, so, so doing things on my own and, um, it was it was grind. It was a grind, man. I had to work multiple jobs out of out of college. Talk to, about it, because the
0: transition, yeah. you know, exactly. and this is one of the reasons why the importance of understanding as a student athlete. People often think that silver spoon is just like it's a forever thing. When here yeah. you are sharing with us now, that transition has so many ebbs and flows, highs and lows, and I think it's unique. And I appreciate you sharing with us because. You know, sometimes we just put those glasses on and we think, "Oh, everything is just, you know, peachy king. We we good." It's like, yeah. "Hold up now." Right. Um, do you feel as though it was it was is like this is your legacy? Like the 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 points you had to go through, the chapters you had to overcome, is this a part of that that Jasmine legacy
1: here? Oh, 100%. <laughs> I literally like you like you asked me already. I really would not change a thing. I it was tough, you know, I had to even convince my parents a couple of times that this is going to work out for me, you know, out of mm-hmm. out of college, my parents, you know, old school, they always, they think that, okay, you graduate, go get a job, you know, like right.
0: you got you get your, that nine you got to five, degree. work till
1: yeah, you, got, you 60. Yes, man. And because that's what they've been doing, you know, all mm-hmm. their lives, that's what they're used to. And they just kind of figured like, okay, well, you know, why are you, why are you traveling to Texas and sleeping on someone's couch to go? do an internship at a performance center and like, and, and be a a personal trainer on the side (laughs) and try to grind it out, barely make ends meet. Like, why are you, why are you doing that when you have a a bachelor's degree in it? And I, I literally were responding to them like, it's going to work out. (laughs) Like you got to see it through. You got to see it through. And I had, I had a vision. I knew what I wanted. And I, I just went to go get it. And I think that mentality from being an athlete to now has kind of kept me on the right track because I, like I never, I don't give up easily. You know, mm-hmm. I, 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 I get what I want. I go get it. You got to go get it. I, I love it.
0: Another mic drop. So <laughs> so you talked about the affirmations. You talked about, um, you know, every, every, you said every day you would do this affirmation before practice or each, every morning?
1: Uh, this would, this would be before practice.
0: Okay. Like, before yeah. practice. Okay. Give me some other transferable skills that you, in your experiences that you realize are critical
1: um definitely for me this was a big one for me punctuality was huge um mm. time I mean, management time yes. management was humongous like again going back to being a student so. athlete, going going back to being a student athlete everything was already planned out and uh you know even if you were about to be late to something someone would call you and try to help you get there um you don't have that once the ball like once you stop, once you graduate, you you're a, you're in control of your your in well to an extent you're in control of you know, are you gonna be on time? Or are you gonna be late? You know, and uh you know, to be to be early is to be on time. <laughs> to be late, you you don't wanna be late. So right, right. Um, I had to learn that the hard way. I really did. My a couple of my internships, I definitely dropped the ball. I I I overslept, I was tired. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but Hey, I didn't I didn't want to give an excuse, so I accepted it. I owned it and I had to like learn from it multiple times. God. Um but so definitely <laughs> punctuality for me was uh something that, you know, transferable. What about what about like mindset perspective? Um I guess wanted to for I wanted to be I wanted to be top dog. I did. I I, I knew where I knew where. Wait, own that,
0: own that top dog. I, yeah. Yeah, I really did. I
1: want. I wanted to. I wanted to to keep thriving. And I think sometimes perception can be seen differently. Uh, like mm-hmm. outside looking in people may think oh yeah she's there she got she has it but in my mind I'm not there I mm-hmm. I don't have anything I I'm I'm grateful for my experiences and where I've gotten to and you know my accomplishments and my accolades and everything like that but I'm nowhere near close to where I want to be so my mindset is literally from from out of college is to keep going don't look mm-hmm. back always forward never back and kind of having that mentality that okay if you fell, it's okay but it's, you're going to get back up you have to get back up you know you got to eat yeah you well know, you don't want anyone to mess with that <laughs> you can't you can't you know and people people are tricky and i think learning people has been something that i've dealt with as well like being able to be adaptable to different people and how they handle themselves and, that's a good one um and kind of just not in a sense playing both sides in a sense you know like you make them happy. You make yourself happy. Um, and finding ways to have that balance is what, uh, kind of keeps pushing me.
0: I love it. I love it. You talked about affirmations, which I agree with you are important. If we're not speaking or talking positivity in our own lives, how can we do that for other people or expect others to pour into us? The time management piece. I mean, that's like, I mean, come on, you either on time or you're not, you're late. it's not going to work. And then being adaptable. So talk about how you are now utilizing those skills in your current role, because it's almost like, I feel like we need to get one of your clients on here and ask them. So let's talk about your coach. What they call you? Coach J? Coach Jazz. Coach Jazz. Okay.
1: How does that show up in your current relationship with your clients? So right now I think routine is going, is, is my biggest friend. So I wake up around six or seven, I work out, I have to get a work. I need to get a workout and it gets my mind flowing. And when I don't, when I don't work out, when I'm not doing something active, I literally feel like I miss my coffee for the day or something like that. Whoever drinks coffee. Um, so routine is humongous. Um, so I, I do that and I go straight to checking in on my clients. You know, if I have a client that is, that missed a, a workout yesterday. I definitely I'm on them, you know, and it is tough. It may seem tough looking on the outside in that okay, I, I can only send them a text message or um I can only check on them, you know, virtually. But, mm-hmm. you know, in a sense, that's what they want. That's what they need, an accountability partner. So mm-hmm. holding myself accountable to holding them accountable is gonna make my make me better in my work as well. So while I'm up, I'm doing that and I'm also on a ton of meetings, and I'm interacting with people, trying to just make sure I I jot down, um, just try, try to stay in a set routine. So by the time I'm, by the time it's like eight or nine o'clock, I can I can actually wind down and and enjoy the rest of my night. So I just want to stay in that routine, and I think having that accountability and that being able to adapt to different situations and new people and how they train and what they want out of me, I'm able to give it to them wholeheartedly um, from the energy that I have. Got
0: you. Now, for our listeners, I want to make sure that we we detail this. So talk about how you established this routine, because it's easy to say, hey, you got to create a routine. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if we were creating routines, then probably the fitness industry wouldn't be a billion dollar industry. Yeah, Folks yeah, wouldn't yeah. need coaches like me and you. So talk about um, if you had to outline how one would start to create a routine that you have for yourself, what mm-hmm. would they need to do?
1: So I think, honestly, I feel as though finding a routine is similar to starting a diet or starting something new. You don't want to just stop something. You don't want to stop immediately. You don't want to go just full toes in if, you, if you're if you trying to fast or mm-hmm. if you're trying to stop eating sugar. Just limit yourself. So what I have to say for building a routine is to limit yourself or slowly or gradually progress into something that's going to be a set in stone type plan for you. For example, if you're gonna wake up at a certain time, make that your legit time that you wake up every morning. If you wanna eat at a certain time of the day for lunch, you wanna make sure I'm gonna block out my 11 to 12 uh, time for my lunch, make that a thing that you do every single day. And Uh gradually those things will go into place. You just have to start, you have to start somewhere. (laughs) I I think finding that starting point for you that's uh, gonna be consistent and what you're gonna hold yourself accountable to is going to be huge. So little baby steps that'll grow into big steps and you'll be able to take off with it.
0: Love it. I love it. I love that. And just in turn, uh oh, they call you coach Jazz. Um like if you had to outline what your mission is today. What would that look like? What words would you use? This is your opportunity to, for self. Coach um, Jazz
1: yeah yeah my my outline today i it is definitely to i'm a, I'm a people's coach i'm a i'm an athlete's coach i want to find out your why to me your why at least for me and i know i I've, I've seen it as well from different clients and and athletes that your why is what is going to keep making you tick so if i can find out what makes you what makes you tick what makes you keep going what makes that motor um going then i can definitely get all that i need out of you for you to reach your goals your ultimate goals so i want to make sure that i'm I'm the coach that can push you i show tough love but in the same sense we're going to have fun we're going to mm-hmm. get better we're going to see progress um and and you it's always going to be in the back of your mind like okay i'm doing this because you know i want to be here because you know always finding that why um is Hopefully that was a great misstatement. I think it sounded good my end, you
0: know? Yeah, yeah. No, I love it. Listen, you you definitely have to find that why. Let's be intentional about our purpose. So for more resources, visit us at ChristinaAlexander.com. That way you can get more info on my guests as well as upcoming episodes. Today's episode is sponsored by Avian's Tea Room. Create your own tea with your own rules on your own time. Avian's Tea Room. Join us next week for a new episode, and as always, appreciate you guys. Thanks, Jasmine.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, guys.